For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe. You know how that's spelled. B-O-E-A-V, Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network this is a show we believe in the detroit lions by the end of this episode so will you it's game week it's time to go i got jack cavanaugh here on believe in lions my co-host he's been here a few weeks now we've been chopping it up we're ready to go the 49ers are on the docket for the detroit lions on sunday can't wait jack how you doing today I'm fantastic. It is a great day to be alive. You know, the sun is shining down on Pride Rock. We are back at the start of the circle of life of the NFL season. Week one, the time of year where every team except for the Texans think they're going to win this year. It is truly the best time of year. I am great. (laughs) Absolutely, man. It's football. I don't know what you're talking about, about Pride Rock and all this other stuff, but I know. It's a Lions reference. Come on, Lion King. Come on, that's one pride, bro. I mean, do I need to drop the Benny Blades drop on you? Do we need to get him in here early in the show? I mean, you know Benny Blades all about that one pride. One pride? <laughs> but, l- l- Jack, let's... We got a lot to talk about. You got a lot on your mind. I got a lot to tell the people. I, I think I'm going to turn it over to you this week. You can steer this ship. But before we do that, before we talk alliance. We got a lot to talk about because now they count. These games count. We got a big opponent against San Francisco. We're going to get our great sponsor, betonline.ag, in here. Listen to them. Go check them out. Go to the website. And when we come back, me and Jack are talking football, but he's going to host this show. He's going he's gonna to roll, and, and I'm ready to talk Lions as well. So, everybody, we'll be right back. are into sports betting bet online is where you should go to win money today whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships bet online has all the latest odds news and information For all your online sports betting needs, visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to betonline.ag and start playing today. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, everybody, we're back. I told you I was going to give Jack the wheel. He's ready to go. We're going to talk some lions here on the show. So, Jack, do your thing. What you got going? What are you going to fire at me? I'm ready this week. Well, I mean, I'm hoping that I don't crash this car that we're driving here. So we're going to start things off talking about Dan Campbell, the man. Pulled 97-1 the ticket that Michael Brockers, the big free agent acquisition on the defensive line, he's going to be ready to go for week one. And not just him, it's going to be DeAndre Swift, Rip Roaring, ready to go for the Lions in week one. Great news for both sides of the ball. So what are you hoping to see out of these two guys in their return to Detroit and return to the field, respectively? Jack, quick follow-up to you. What do you think Dan Campbell might have said when he continually gets asked about the same injuries, the same old questions over and over? Do you know what his response might be? I don't think I can say what his response is. You've had enough it's of a that. a family podcast. <laughs> Hold on. Don't, don't interrupt Dan Campbell when he talks. Dan Campbell will look at the reporters and say this. You've had enough of that. <laughs> exactly. And, and I have too, Jack, because, I mean, this was a given I've been on this show saying that DeAndre, Swizzle, Swift, whatever you want to call him, he's ready to go. They've been tying him. They've been holding him back. They don't want to let the rest of the league know what this guy's about to do. And, you know, Michael Brockers, like I say, he's a consummate vet. The only surprise that I have about Michael Brockers, I don't believe he was named captain, which was surprising. You know, probably he's a new guy. He just hasn't been out there a lot, but... If, if this guy plays the way I hope he does, I assume he'll have that C on his chest next year. And like I say, I was glad Dan Campbell confirmed it. I, I always love in his interviews where he's every injury, oh, he's going to be all right, though. He's going to be okay. You know, like, you know, the previous regime, it was like FBI Fort Knox trying to even get them to acknowledge <laughs> that maybe there would be an injury or that maybe they would recover or what side of the body it was on or what – you know, maybe part it, it was, you know, it's just ridiculous that they couldn't say, the guy's got a hammy, he's going to be okay, we feel good about it. Okay, the end, it's over. You know, honesty is the best policy with Dan freaking Campbell. And he just came around and said it. They're good to go. We'll unleash them week one. I can't wait to see it. Oh, I can't wait either. And it's so true. Like, we had the, it was like Fort Knox locked down up in the lines last year. Like, trying to be the Patriots, and it just doesn't work when you're not Bill Belichick. But we don't want to waste any more time on that old regime. It's all <laughs> about the new regime. And with the biggest question, I'm kind of wondering, what's this offensive offense going to look like for the Lions? Like, we've got only two tight ends on the roster, so does that mean they're going to be scared to use two tight end sets? Are they going to be running a bunch of three wide receiver sets? Are they going to be running with the fullback, Jason Cabinda? Are they going to play Jamal Williams in the slot? Like, what is this offense actually going to look like in week one? Yeah, it's a really interesting one from you. I mean, I think not only Lions fans are thinking that, but I think the NFL, excuse me, and all of our opponents are thinking that as well because they really don't know what this is going to be or feel like. I know everybody's kind of doubting the Lions. You know, um, I think Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, uh, everybody was saying, yeah, we'll be the underdog. We don't we don't mind it. But when you talk about what are they going to look like and, and kind of the situations you laid out, I mean, if I'm kind of just assuming what I would do, I mean, I, I think you're going to try to be run heavy to start, kind of get Jared Goff, you know, feeling good about himself. So between Swift and – Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams, just kind of pounded up in there, try to get some push first and foremost. 
I don't think you're going to see much. You know, Darren Fell is going to play spotty. Cabinda, they're talking about tight end, H-back, doing all this stuff. I mean, he may get mixed in, but I'm not hanging my hat on any of those guys. For me, it's going to be focused on Goff, Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and then St. Brown and Tyrell. Those are going to be your guys, and you need the offensive line to be good. So I think pound them with the run game, throw some play action in there, and just let Jared Goff, if he's clean, I think he showed in his limited time in the preseason that he can sort of pick apart and make some good throws, put the ball on people. So if he can do that, if they can keep San Francisco's rushers at bay and beat him up a little bit maybe in the in the run game or keep him off in the pass, I think that's the best type of offense we're going to see. And it might be a little bit of dink and dunk down the field, um, but who knows? I would love if Dan Campbell just unleashed a couple deep bombs as well because that was my big problem with the previous regimes is we got Matt Stafford and rarely would he ever come out and rut let him rip downfield early you know that's a way to catch a team off guard just first play of the game just throw it down the field I mean you rarely see that in the league but that'd be a way to to get the year started in my opinion oh you've got me drooling at the thought of the Lions just first play of the game you know a little play action handoff to DeAndre Swift and then just a bomb to Tyrell down the right sideline oh don't get me excited about it Derek don't get me too excited I'm telling you that's what we need from this regime is we need changes we don't need to see the same old run run pass or draw on third and long we need to say let's let it rip when we can and then let's also be smart about things like yeah you can throw those little angle routes get deandre swift on a linebacker how about some crossing routes to saint brown and cephas and then like you say just uh just feature hawkinson in the middle of the field as well i mean how many times did you watch a game jack and you're like why are they not using tj hawkinson more the guy makes plays he can't be guarded he scores in the red zone and yet we seem like we rarely wanted to use the guy feature him get him the football i think i honestly ever since his rookie rookie game against the cardinals when he went the F off. I, I've been wondering right. that. I've been wondering it ever since. Why, why not more targets for TJ? Why not? Why not? It was crazy. It was it was almost like they wanted to, they had a, a preconceived notion of how they want to use these guys. I like what Dan Campbell said early on. He said, if we find out that your corner can't guard our wide out, we're going to go to that wide out all day. And that's what I want to see from 88. I want to say early in the game, we find out that he's a problem. And then just all game, getting him targets and getting him end zone looks and things like that. See, I'm so glad that you brought that up because mismatches, matchups, how these players face off against the 49ers, that is going to be so key to this kind of who's going to win, who's going to lose, what we're looking at on Sunday in this rematch between Jared Goff and his former foes, the 49ers. And so we're going to be taking a deep dive into some of those matchups right after this. Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. 
And whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concepts called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. And we are back, and so is Lions football, because we finally have that week one game of the regular season. Yeah, it was the preseason. Yeah, that was fun. We got to see a little bit of football, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is that Dan Campbell will be coaching his first game as Lions head coach. The moment we've all been waiting for. It is so exciting. And it's important to remember that this isn't Campbell's first game as a head coach ever. He went five and seven with the Miami Dolphins in 2015. So Derek, what are you hoping to see from Dan freaking Campbell in his first real test as the Lions head coach? Jack, Jack, I've been known to do this on the podcast. I got a little bit of exclusive. I got a little inside track on Dan Campbell's strategy and what we might see on Sunday. You ready you for this? You talk to him a lot, don't you? I am amazed at all the inside information we get. Exactly. I've got a pipeline. I mean, do you want to hear what we're going to do to the 49ers? Maybe what the game plan is? Oh, yes, I do. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. There it is, Jack. Very simply, we're taking out the kneecaps. We're, we're, that's the mentality. We're going to be the last one standing. And in all seriousness, here, here's what it is. Dan Campbell is a football guy. There was a picture that came out from the Lions. I put it out on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek O'Kree. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. And I just quote tweeted. And I was like, that's Dan freaking Campbell, everybody. That's a football coach right there. He just looked like a bad man. And I guarantee Dan Campbell could take Shanahan in a cage fight any day of the week. Now, people are like, oh, Dan Campbell, he has no chance in this game. Kyle Shanahan's the boy wonder. Everyone loves him. He's the smartest guy ever. He comes from this lineage. I mean, what's he won? Like, I haven't seen him win much. I mean, he always uh, tries to be on the new fringe of what's new in the league. I mean, he's been at multiple stops where he couldn't use the pieces that were there. He had a nice stop in Atlanta, and he's done decent out with San Francisco. So, I mean, we'll give him the tip of the cap and experience and from the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, Dan Campbell has a lot to prove here. And what does he got? You know, when all his players are out there and when he unleashes his assistant coaches and when he can come up with what it takes to win a ball game. So it's a big game for Dan Campbell, but I think he's the type of leader Detroit needs both now and long term from a head man perspective. Like he's an alpha. He's a decision maker. He's a leader of men. And he'll have other guys that can draw up on the grease board like Kyle Shanahan. So I'm curious to see how it'll shake out. And it's a first game, first everything, first impression is important, but the fan base does need to be patient. But who knows what Dan Campbell might have in this ball game from a head coaching perspective. I'm not just giving this away to the opposition. No, and like it's just exciting because like like you said, he is a leader. He is going to set the tone. He is going to set the pace in the Lions franchise going forward. And so you know what? 
bets are all bets are off at this point. Like there is no telling what's coming this weekend. And it, it's just so beautiful. Like th- this could be a new smash mouth style of team. This could be a, just a deep bombs all the time team. We don't know. And that's what's exciting. And so it's, it's a cop out of an answer, but the thing I'm most excited is about Dan Campbell is everything. Like it's just, I want to see Dan Campbell and I want to see what he does, especially with his rookie right tackle, Penay Sewell. So Penay Sewell, he's looked great as a run blocker this preseason. He's struggled as a pass protector. He's allowed four total pressures, including a sack and a hit on just 37 pass blocking snaps. And that, that's not good for, that's about one game's worth of pass blocking snaps. That's not good. We're not happy with that. But he's looked pretty good in the run game. He's in, started to improve. So how is he going to make Penay Sewell successful in week one, is he going to have him running out right away? What What is Dan Campbell going to do to put his guy in the position to beat Nick Bosa? Now, Jack, before I answer that, the people that listen to this show, as well as my other podcasts, the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, where we serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid twice a week, they know that when people ask me questions, I've been known to sort of you know, first get after something else or try to make them laugh or come with something. So this is entertaining for me, Jack. I wonder if you'd play a little game with me real quick. I will play any game with you anytime, Derek. (laughs) All right. I think the people will be entertained by this. So again, you you mentioned, which again, I'm not sure if the people picked up on or how they could not pick up on it, that you are a Canadian. Is that correct? (laughs) This is very correct. I'm an American, so so let's play the Penesul pronunciation game between me and you. So let's do this just a couple times back and forth. I'll say his name, you say his name. I'll say his name, you say his name. I think that people will get a chuckle out of this. So I say Penesul. 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 I'm hearing it. I, I'm hearing it now. <laughs> Oh, no, I just, I love the difference. That was just so funny. Like, uh, oh boy. Uh, it's, it's classic. Keep doing what you're doing. Throw in a few A's every now and again, do the, uh, boots. Uh, it's, it's classic. It's the accents. The it's, it's that French influence <laughs> accent. The Suelle. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool, man. I just found that uh, difference to be funny. So, um, the, the back and forth American Canadian, we'll have to do that from time to time for the people when I, when I find something that makes me laugh that way. But, uh, Mr. Penny Sewell to me against Bosa. My question back to you sort of too is do you know or do you feel like they're going to put Bosa up over top of him or is he going to be more going against Taylor Decker? What do you think there? Nah, Bosa only plays left end in that San Francisco scheme. They usually rotate D Ford out on the end with uh, Eric Armstead, depending on how, how they want to line it up. But nah, okay. Nick Bosa straight on that left end. That's what the 49ers do. It's their bread and butter. Okay. Good to uh, good info there by you, because usually you think kind of the best pass rusher going up against that left tackle, but that makes sense to me. The other thing is it's true, except for the Bosa's. The Bosa's are weird. Yeah, no, that's I mean, it's it's an intriguing matchup in this game. And and again, Nick Bosa's a beast. He's an absolute specimen physically, but he's also coming off a pretty bad injury again. And he hasn't had much time out there. So how how rare will he be to go? And everyone's down on the rookie. And I think he could have his struggles against a premier player like this. But it's not going to worry me one bit 
like if he has a couple struggles or if he shows out and beats him to death, it's not going to change my thoughts of Penne Sewell because this guy's a ball player, number 58 for the Detroit Lions, playing right tackle. If there's ever an injury, you can slide him over to the left side. He's going to grow in that role. He's going to grow in his body as a football player and as a man, only 20, 21 years old. Like, I... I have the circle definitely as a matchup to kind of watch and be concerned about because Bosa is so good. A guy that I took as my second overall selection in my pro football focus, all 22 draft I did last night where basically I drafted a full NFL team, 55 rounds, and Nick Bosa was my pick in the second round as an absolute beast. I I think even if he's not healthy, he's going to come along as well, and he's just a premier player. So definitely keep your eye on this one, no doubt. Yeah, and I'm, that, that's what I mean about seeing how Dan Campbell performs is I want him to protect Sewell. Uh, Sewell, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Don't worry. Say it like but you I want say him to protect it, him a little bit, but I also want him to put them one-on-one because that's how you learn. That's how you grow. So, you know, maybe first play of the game, we run a little wide zone to the right side and put rookie on the former rookie of the year, make Panay Sewell work for it and possibly bully him around in the run game a little bit. You know, he's, he's not back. He's not at full health. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see. And like you said, if there's a couple plays where he gets manhandled, he gets bullied. That's okay. I just want to see a couple. I want to see the flashes. He can struggle, but as long as there's the flashes that we drafted him for, that's what I want to see. And so I think this is one of the, most pivotal matchups in terms of a win versus a loss, at least for the Lions offense. But what about the Lions defense? You know, it was a down season for George Kittle last year, thanks to injury, but he still averaged about 80 yards a game with knee and shoulder injuries, laying him up all season. He's a complete monster and now he's healthy. And so Lions added Alex Anzalone. He's probably going to be calling the plays on the defense. They've still got Jamie Collins. They drafted Derek Barnes. So they've got all those linebackers. They've also got the safeties, Tracy Walker and Will Harris in the back end. So how do the Lions kind of use these guys to match up with Kittle? And does it matter? Like, is there any hope of the Lions' new defense at slowing down this monster at tight end? It's, it's another premier matchup that you picked up, Jack. Um, I mean, here, here's the thing I say, both with, with Bosa and with Kittle. I mean, these are premier guys at their spots. So I'm not going into this game thinking that we're holding George Kittle with a big goose egg. I don't think we're keeping Nick Bosa completely off the quarterback. I agree with your point that maybe they need to, you know, help Sewell protect him. But this is one thing I like about Dan Campbell's moxie as well. He doesn't give you the whole runaround about how they're just going to protect all these guys or – how they're going to, you know, baby certain players. He's kind of like, I'm going to put Sewell at right tackle and let let him work, let him do his thing. I'm going to line up one of my players, the the options you gave me, Anzalone, Collins, Barnes, Harris, or Walker. I mean, if I'm looking at that on paper, I'm curious of what Alex Anzalone really has because I didn't see much in preseason. Decent college player, decent time in at the Saints, had some injuries and whatnot. I don't really know what he has, but I know that his own players voted him a captain. I believe he's a captain of this team, him and Trey Flowers, if I'm correct, on the defensive side of the ball, which was surprising. But will he be a fun linebacker to watch, or does will he be like some of the backers we've seen here? Jamie Collins is just oh, too Oh, no, 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 no. Don't Go throw ahead. back to Jelani. Please don't bring him up. 
no, no. I, I'm I'm done with that. I as much as I want to play the sound bit, I'm not gonna do it because we're done with 51. Oh, but I'm I talking just about flashbacks. Thank you. <laughs> I'm talking about Jamie Collins as well, my other whipping boy. Like this guy, I can't put him on George Kittle because I don't care what his athletic scores or how many box jumps he can do in the weight room. George Kittle will eat him up when it comes to an effort and a physical standpoint. So I'm hoping between Anzalone, I'm anxious to see what Derek Barnes can do in coverage. I'm definitely not putting Will Harris there until I see that he can actually cover a coffee table. And then Tracy Walker (laughs) needs to step up as well. How do you have eight-foot-long arms? But I guarantee you if they put George Kittle on him, he's going to be two yards in his back pocket, and Kittle's going to be dancing in the end zone based on what I've seen from my guy 21. So I don't like any of those matchups unless Anzalone can cover, but I'll let Kittle get his and try to hold everybody else down would be my approach. And I, I think that is a good approach. Like, you know, you're not going to stop him at all. Like you can bracket him. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Alex Anzalone gives him a little chip and then passes him off a little bit deeper downfield into the safeties. It's going to be one of those. Like you can't shut him down one-on-one. Like the Lions don't have a Stephon Gilmore who could erase a tight end if he really wanted to. It's They don't have that guy. And so they're not going to do that like they would have with Matt Patricia. They're not going to put any of these players on an island and just make them look terrible because they like their players. They actually care about them being successful. And it's going to be a good change of pace to see in this new Aaron Glenn defense. And one of the bigger questions on this defense is how do these young cornerbacks respond? So we know Kittle's the focal point. We're probably not going to completely stop him. But on the outside, we've got Brandon Ayuk, one of the most explosive receivers in the game. Opposite him, Debo Samuel, he might be the most violent runner with the ball in his hands at receiver. So can Amane Oruwarie, yes, I can pronounce that name, and Jeff (laughs) Akuda, can they handle these young receivers? And is it going to matter if Kittle's dominating? Jack, I I just want to check. At some point, we're going to get to where the Lions are about to give the the 49ers issues too, right? Because you're you're killing me with some of these matchups. These are all ones that, yes, they're going to be tough for the Lions. I mean, we are going to get to That's what we do. We start with the question marks and then bring it home with the positives. Don't worry. Don't worry. Absolutely. So sounds good. So, again, I love Debo Samuel as a player. One thing I found in the last few years dealing with the draft and other things that I do is if you go and ball out at the Senior Bowl, you have a really nice early NFL career. Debo Samuel was an absolute beast at the Senior Bowl when he was out there, um, made plays and practice, going deep. Nobody could handle him, and that's translated. Yeah, he had a foot injury last year. Sometimes that takes you a little bit to come back, but I think people forgot about this guy, how dynamic he is with his hands on the football. You can hand it to him. You can run reverses. You can throw it short to him, and he will also carve you up in the middle of the field and can get behind people as well, so he's... He's just a really tough-nosed receiver, almost in those those old-school blends that you would see from the Heinz Wards and, and company, uh, you know, like that. And, and Ayuk just had an incredible rookie year. I mean, the guy is, like you said, athletic. He can he can score a lot of touchdowns. He jumped over a few people last year. I mean, between Okuda and, you know, A.O. Oh, baby! <laughs> That's how I do it here on the show, uh, Jack. But, I mean, those guys are going to have their hands full. And 
I'm not I'm not the 49ers are no joke. I mean, we've already went through a premier pass rusher, one of the top couple tight ends in the game, and two receivers that yeah, they're not these guys on the front of the NFL program, but these are two guys that can hurt you short, deep, intermediate, whatever you want to do. So again, that's going to be a full day's work for Mr. Okuda. AO, your boy that you put in the Hall of Fame, Mr. Parker, as well as anybody else that lines up and tries to cover people on the outside. But they're going to have to do it, and Dan Campbell's not going to baby him. He's going to say, go out there and cover that man and don't let him get deep. And, oh, by the way, tackle. When they catch the ball, tackle, get him on the ground. Yeah, that's the thing, the tackling and the the don't stop just because you think you have him. You can't do that against Debo Samuel. He's going to break through if you just kind of do a half attempt at a tackle, the arm tackles. He's going to run through those. And I think that's kind of the physicality that Dan Campbell's bringing to this team. And I think that's the physicality that Aaron Glenn is bringing to this defense. He's been making star corners for years in New Orleans, have Marshawn Lattimore out there. So it would be really nice to see a not, maybe not a dominant game, maybe not a shutdown game from Jeff Akuda, but just not seeing him get beat off like early and often. If he can hold in there, get his hands on a couple balls, that's all I really want to see about him because it's going to be tough, like you said, but there's a chance that these young athletic corners are up to it. It's going to be a war, and I am excited about it. And speaking of wars, 49ers just paid Fred Warner. He's the was the highest paid linebacker for a year. Gave him ninety five point two million over five years. Then the Colts one upped him with Darius Leonard. So the 49ers paid him because arguably the best cover linebacker in the NFL. But there's only one of him on the 49ers defense. You know, Dre Greenlaw. He's solid. He's not spectacular. Not in the same stratosphere as Warner. So that kind of creates problems when the Lions' top two playmakers, one's a tight end. One's a running back. That's kind of like linebacker central. You can only take one of them with Fred Warner. So does that just automatically mean we're in a mismatch with the other one that's going to be going up against Greenlaw? Like are are TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift just going to be passing off routes and passing off runs? Just whoever's not Warner doesn't have. That's the guy that the ball's going to. This is where it gets fun for the Lions with these matchups. This is where I think they start winning this matchup. Interesting stuff. Another great point from you, Jack. Before I get to that, I have exclusive Fred Warner audio here on the show. Do you want to hear this? Who I'm? You have a lot of audio from a lot of you. You have a lot of friends. This is Fred Warner audio when he signed that massive deal as a linebacker in the league. He's laughing all the way to the bank when you sign that much playing linebacker. I mean, again, another stud at the position. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. He's a premier player. He's on one of my IDP fantasy leagues. He's a beast. So I agree with you. I think they're going to have to try to avoid this guy at most of the time. I do think if the Lions, Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn finally use TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swizzle the way they should be used. Yes, you need both of them occupying that middle of the football field, drawing linebackers, getting lined up against safeties, third corners. 
Like, I felt like we never really schemed up mismatches where if you go look at what the Saints always did, how many times you watch a Saints game and you're like, how smart is Sean Payton where he's just drawing up things, putting his best on your worst. He's putting you in just a compromised position, whether it be the stuff they do with Taysom Hill or uh, Kamara coming out of the backfield or his wide receivers. Just like, if you're going to give us slants all day, we'll throw it to can't guard Mike every time on a five-yard slant. He'll catch 200 balls a year. Like, I hope we bring some of that because Hawkinson and Swift can be dynamic, especially if they're both out in pass routes, but we haven't seen it yet. We, we, we either see one or a lot of times I felt like I saw neither one being utilized in those capacities. So, yeah, they're going to have to find that weak link and use these guys to create mismatch and create opportunities for the Lions. There's no question. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you know, motion Hawkinson across the formation, you know, maybe he's blocking, maybe he's running around. You don't know. That's the fun part of it. Motion DeAndre Swift out into the slot. Have him take up on the slot corner. Maybe he burns them because DeAndre Swift really good at running routes. And that, I, again, it just goes back to my overarching theme of the show. I just want to see everything from Dan Campbell. I want to see how he uses these guys, how he puts them in position to succeed. It's it's an exciting time to be a Lions fan. Jack, are you telling me you want touchdowns from the Detroit Lions? I want a couple touchdowns from the Detroit Lions. Touchdown, touchdown, Detroit Lions! There you go. There's two early ones from Dan Miller, legend, right there on the pod with the great calls. So I think you're going to get a few scores, and they might come from Mr. Hawkinson and Mr. Swift. But we'll wait and see. Lions are going to have to put up points. There's no doubt. Thank you. Thank you. That is what I needed to hear. And if they're going to put up points, it's going to be because their offensive line just kicks the 49ers defensive line around a couple times. Like the offensive line, I think Jared Goff was quoted recently of saying, you know, people are asking him about the O-line. What do they look like? How good can they be? And Jared Goff was like, you really don't know yet. You know, we haven't strapped it up for real, for real. We haven't really come after a team. We don't know what other teams are going to bring, how we're going to stack up. He said, ask me in week 10. And to me, none of us fans want to wait till week 10 to really know what we have. But we want to see... For me, I know everybody wants to smash people in the run game, but for me, I've always been real happy. Like We had those couple years where the Lions really kept the quarterback clean, and I felt like that made a big difference. So I would love to just line up and just blow you off the football, but I would really like to keep 16 clean more so he can throw and, and do what he needs to do back there. But, I mean... The the Lions D line against against 49ers O line, it's a matchup, vice versa. I mean, the 49ers got some dogs up front. We've got some offensive line ball players. I mean, I think it's gonna be interesting. What do you think? Oh, that, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Like this the Lions, I, I've been saying it for two weeks now since I've been on the podcast. They're building things the right way, they're building through the trenches. They start with a right tackle, maybe their future left tackle. Who knows? Offensive line, regardless. Then they draft back to back defensive tackles. So we get a lean McNeil. He's playing nose against an all decade center in Alex Mack. That's exciting. That's going to be a true test. But then they've also got the right guard, Aaron Banks. He's the second rounder from Notre Dame. And so we're going to see Aline McNeil against him as well. We're going to hopefully see Levi on Wuzurike, that second round pick. Hopefully we see a little bit of rookie on rookie crime with these defensive linemen pushing around the rookie right guard for the 49ers. And 
that's the fun of this. You know, we have these young players that are building blocks for the franchise and they looked good in preseason. Now go out and do it against an all decade center like Alex Mack. Go out and do it against a left tackle like Trent Williams, highest graded pro football focus tackle last year, or the right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. He's dominant in the run game. He's number two in run blocking grade behind Williams. Like these are all ballers. Let's see these young defensive linemen make plays. Jack, let me do this. You threw out stats and numbers and all these accolades for their offensive line. I, I I followed you. I listened, but I don't know that you spoke about one person, and I'm glad you didn't. If you did, I missed it. But I'm going to hint on him right now, and we're going to have fun with sound bits because it's it's entertaining for the show. It makes me laugh, and it's uh it's relevant here at this point. So let's go ahead and, and play with the old sound bit and the soundboard here, and let's do a, a Lake and Tomlinson segment. Lake and Tomlinson with the Lions. <laughs> Lake and Tomlinson, I guess, with San Francisco. Oh, oh, oh. Woo! I I don't know how this guy from went from an absolute, I mean, a, just a horrible decision in the NFL. Draft. It was a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. I, I mean, this this guy was disgraceful. I mean, he's horrible. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. Every time with Lake and Tomlinson with the Lions, he goes to San Francisco, what, this four or five years later, and he's starting on the left guard spot for this team? Hey, I'm saying the Lions load up one of our big dogs right up over top of him and, and tell him why he needs to go back and get that medical degree because it's about to be over for him because this guy couldn't play a lick here in Detroit, and now he's still lining up trying to square up against our dogs uh, this Sunday. Go get Lake and Tomlinson if you're the Detroit Lions. Yeah, just put Trey Flowers right on top of them and just a little quick swim up the middle and then sack on who? That's that's an important question. Who is going to be at quarterback for the 49ers? Who is Trey Flowers going to be sacking because Lake and Tomlinson Tomlinson can't block? I I think this one's pretty straightforward, to be honest. I mean, I think the 49ers think they're just going to come in this game and roll, do whatever they want. So it's going to be Jared Goff against Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, will Trey Lance mix in from time to time? Sure. But I think San Francisco thinks this is going to be such a fun, easy ball game that they're not going to want to show much. And I don't think he's going to get used as much as other people think. If he does, despite like what you saw in kind of that last preseason game, I'm debating if this is positive or negative for the Lions if he plays. Like this is a straight up rookie. If you get over, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You get too cute and you start running out number five there and start trying to do all these trick plays and option routes and uh, pull it out from the running back. I could see ball on the ground. I could see a rarity for the Detroit Lions, which is an INT from Mr. Trey Lance. So I see him being used very limit, limited, even though I love his talent. I love the player. I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but he does one thing that I do love win ball games every time he's in he finds a way to win so i think they're going to try to just go beat us with jimmy g and i think jg is up for the task i think he's ready to go i really liked kind of his personality as long as he doesn't get rattled and get beat up this game i feel like he's gonna have a lot of moxie to come in there and shut some people up and play good football and this could be much closer and much more entertaining than the national media wants you to think especially at the quarterback spot 
Well, and that kind of brings us to our biggest matchup now that you've decided who is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. I agree with you. I think it is going to be Jimmy Gorgeous. And I, it's going to be like the Taysom Hill treatment for Trey Lance. He's going to mix in there a little bit, but it doesn't really matter that much. It's just a, a read option or two. But now the big question is, Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo faced off against each other last year. Week six, Goff didn't look good. He completed just 50% of his passes, 198 yards, two TDs and a pick, and the Rams lost 24 to 16 against Jimmy Garoppolo. And then next time they play Jimmy G, he's not healthy. He doesn't play. Instead it's Nick Mullins. And against Nick Mullins, his 49ers, we see Goff throw for 198 yards again, this time with zero touchdowns, two interceptions and another loss to the 49ers this time, 23 to 20 against Nick Mullins at quarterback. <sighs> I need to remind everyone that, that he lost to Nick Mullins. So does, does the 49ers have Jared Goff's number or is the change of scenery all that Goff needed here? Jack, let me ask you a question before I answer your question. Do you B-L-E-A-V in the Lions or what? Oh, I do. And this was a trick question. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to show it a little bit more because on the show, we get the fans hype. We tell them why they got a B-L-E-A-V. And, and here's the thing. Jack, do you like it if you got a boss at work or whatever and, like, no matter what you do, good, bad, or otherwise, they just hate on you all day and negative and you can tell there's a riff there? Do you enjoy this, something like that? Would that be a good working environment? No, no. It, it, it absolutely would not be. It's, imagine, like – who likes having a boss that doesn't really trust you? Exactly. Would, would they get the best out of you, or would you come in every day being like, oh, man, I'm going to get chewed out for no reason again, or this is going to be another dreadful day? I mean, or would you like to go to a place to work where they're like, we respect you. We value you. Like, we're going to let you do what you do best. We're going to put you in a spot to succeed. And then when you do so, we're not afraid to, I don't know, pat you on the back and tell you how well you're playing. That's the difference between Jared Goff last year against San Francisco, who has a good defense, and the Jared Goff now in Detroit, who has been put as the leader by Brad Holmes and Dan freaking Campbell. This guy hasn't shown you anything. I don't feel like any of these past things are just going to absolutely creep up. Just like even though I say he's been to a Super Bowl, I'm not putting those type of expectations on him either. I I think that he can be a very good NFL quarterback, above average. I think he's got to make every throw. I think he's smart. I think he has a little bit of swagger and a little bit of toughness more than people give him credit for. All he's got to do is find a way to get W's. I'm not worried about what happened in the past. He's going up against a good D. But he's he's motivated, he's empowered, he's positive, and he's just got to keep that rolling here in game one. I mean, if he does that, it's just going to keep rolling downhill where this guy's going to get more and more confident. But you got to keep him upright, and he's just in a totally different mindset. I think he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, like that. that's the thing is, yes, those were his stats last year, but... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he the Lions quarterback last year? Was he on the Lions? Did he play with any of these players? So, or the, no, no, no. That's sorry. Yeah. So it's a new year. It's a new team. It's a new situation. It is brand new. It's a new defensive coordinator for the 49ers. None of this stuff is going to carry with them. It doesn't matter. They don't have Richard Sherman anymore. Like there are just so many differences this year from last year. And it's a new Jared Goff. It is the Motor City Jared Goff, and I believe in Motor City Jared Goff. 
That, that's better, Jack. What right? What right? What right? Thank you, Benny. I, much, Don't much worry. better. I, Don't I believe worry. Well. I was setting you up. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I do believe that Jared Goff, I think the Lions have the advantage in this matchup at the quarterback position. So we've gone through it. The tight end, the running back, that's a big advantage for them. The defensive line, you know, it, we – we say that, you know, this 49ers offensive line is great, but there's two potential weak links that could be exploited. And I don't know. I really don't know why the 49ers are favored by seven and a half by our friends at betonline.ag. And I understand it's not BetOnline's fault. Don't get me wrong. They're doing their job. They're doing great. But why have people decided that the 49ers are over a touchdown better than the Lions? How did that happen? <laughs> That, that's, I mean, you've had a lot of good questions today, Jack, but that, that's got to be up there as one of your better that's ones. That's got to be I, the number one question. <laughs> I do not know. We, we love our folks at betonline.ag. Everybody needs to go there. I mean, seven points uh, with, with DraftKings as well. I mean, I don't know. You, you hear Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football saying this is going to get ugly. Lines are going to get blown out. You got Kyle Brandt. That, that that's a P. Shrag's take. I, he's not my favorite guy. He thinks everything is fascinating and <laughs> has kind of an odd voice when he talks. I mean, uh, you know, he's got he's got K. Adams type takes if you ask me most of the time. But Kyle Brandt's got to come in there with angry runs and say, uh uh-uh, uh, this is Detroit versus everybody. Like this is Dan Frick Campbell. We're not gonna get run over in our home opener with all this newness going on. Get out of here with that and. You know, the NFL, you know, here's the thing. I always say, yeah, it's a it's a every given week. You don't know what can happen. You see a lot of these scores for the bottom tier type teams where, oh, you're going to lose by 10. And, and sometimes they'll put even 13 up or 7. You know, those are big numbers in the NFL because most games are, what, a 3, 5 points. You know, is kind of what every game usually checks in at except for the Houston game and the people that hate on the Lions. So, I mean, I'm not surprised to see it, to be honest, because there are so many people that think we're going to be out of whack and we're not going to be able to hang and we're going to be out toughed and Kyle Shanahan's the greatest thing ever. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd really like to see the Lions close that gap, keep this within a touchdown or less, and have a chance to win it late in the football game. I am on the side of this isn't a win or else for me. I know every game you need to win in the NFL – but if they play solid, they look organized, they excite me, they're entertaining, they play hard, they have some swagger, and they come out short against a really good team that has high expectations like the San Francisco 49ers, that's that's not going to be the end of the world for me. I'm going to strap it up next week and feel good about my football team. So I don't like that line. It seems like too much. The over-under at 45, I mean, that that – you know, is interesting as well because I don't know that this is a 2020 for both teams side. So in that over under, it makes me feel like they think it's going to be 30 something to the Lions in the low to mid teens. You know what I mean? That if I had to estimate where where they're at with that type of over under, but I would love a game in the mid 20s that comes down to the end of the ball game and let the best team win. What about you? I completely agree with everything you just said said there. So like with the over under, they're saying that at least one team's going to score over 20. It's going to be like maybe a 21 to 23 game or something like that. But like, that'd be great to see. Or are they trying to say that the lions are going to get blown out by the 49ers? That's kind of what it sounds like. And I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all of the lions hate. I'm sick of everyone saying that 
there's no chance. There's absolutely none. Like we just gave you an entire list of matchups and yes, they're outmatched in some places, but is it as bad as it looks? Is it aggressively outmatched? No, it's not. And they have the advantage at the most important position, which is quarterback. So let's pump the brakes here. Let's bet the, that the lions are going to cover that seven and a half like that. That should be obvious. And you know, Maybe let's bet the under as well, because apparently the 49ers are going to blow out the Lions and that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I won't be surprised when Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't torch this Lions defense and they end up winning 17 to 10, hitting the under and the Lions cover as well. Jackie, it sounds like some of those some of those predictions, some of those takes by you that, I mean, you think that people can go to bet online, take the Lions and and go to the pay window. Going to the pay one. Am I right? Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm telling our friends here at home tonight. You, you got to go to the pay window. This says Benny Blades and, and all of us here on Believe in Lions. Going to the pay one. <laughs> so so let, let me just reiterate your point before we end the show. When we went through the matchups, you had the Lions better at the quarterback, the most important position in sports. Am I right? I did indeed. I You basically had the Lions better on the defensive line. I mean, dominating the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. Do I have that correct? I think in terms of matchups, yes, I do. They're going to create issues. Do you also have a new and improved, exciting Lions offensive line that could control that side of the ball as well? And not only that, but a kind of banged up Nick Bosa and D Ford coming off injuries. Exactly. And then to end my point, you have probably two of the best skill players in this ball game on the Detroit Lions, and that's TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift being unleashed against this 49er defense in the middle of the football field. They can run option routes, they can run swings, they can run seam routes on you. Like, if I got all those advantages, why am I walking in this game scared? I B-L-E-A-V that this could be a good football game, very entertaining, very exciting to watch, and we'll see where the chips fall on the scoreboard. I can't wait. Like you said, I B-L-E-A-V believe in the Lions, and I believe that if you're feeling bold, then yes, take the Lions money line, take them to win, but at the very least, they're going to cover. This is going to be a competitive game from the Detroit Lions, and football is back, and it is just so wonderful. I am I'm fired up now. We are fired up. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Um, it's always fun to jump on here. This is me and Jack. It's only our third show, but I think we're rolling. You did a great job taking the wheel and hosting. You let me sit back and kind of entertain, give my takes, be positive, be excited about the Detroit Lions. You got me all excited about this game. It's looking like I will be at the night game in Ann Arbor. It looks like I will be at this ball game. I'll definitely be at this Lions game this week, one of the games I will be attending this year. So, Jack, I'm going to do all I can to bring us home an absolute W. And I just want to say for all the listeners, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions. Check us every Thursday right here on the show. And we'll be back next week talking all about this game. So, everybody... Thank you so much for listening. Take care. We're out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.